A report commissioned by the ACLU of San Diego and Imperial Counties found the San Diego Police Department and the Sheriff's Department arrest, search, and use force against black people at higher rates than white people. The study used data collected under the State Racial and Identity Profiling Act, which requires officers and deputies to gather race-related data in the field. Both departments have issues with the findings, however. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Lindsay Winkley, you cover a number of things at the Union-Tribune, and recently you heard a story about how frequently persons of color are pulled over by the cops. Can you kind of give us the basics of this study? Yeah, I think the easiest way to sort of summarize these findings is that uh, after analyzing a year's worth of police stops that were performed by the San Diego police and the San Diego County Sheriff's deputies, that analysis found that black people across the county are searched, arrested, and subjected to force at higher rates than their white neighbors. And what are some of the reasons why? Yeah, so this report uh, doesn't delve too deeply into the why that this this may be occurring. Mm-hmm. That being said, there are a lot of statistics that it found that sort of supports um, this uh, this disparity, mm-hmm. um, and it was seen. I will I will say it was seen all across the county. Yeah, in every one of the sheriff department's jurisdictions, and in 106 San Diego police beats out of 125, black people were stopped at higher rates than white people. In some of those beats, the rate was 10 times higher than it was for uh, the white population that lives in those same spaces. Mm-hmm. And in covering uh, breaking news, which includes a lot of crime in the region, does this kind of support what you see anecdotally kind of day to day on the beat that African-Americans are more frequently arrested? I mean, it's certainly what we hear from the community, what Mm -hmm. we have heard for a long time. Um, I think when when the city first commissioned the uh, traffic stop uh, study from SDSU Mm -hmm. uh, and it found that that pre- that previous study found that while police officers didn't appear to be more likely to pull over somebody because of the color of their skin, they were much more likely to uh, search uh, Hispanic and black uh, people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this study goes even beyond that because mm-hmm. the difference here, um, just for kind of listeners at home, so the the difference between those two studies is the breadth of stop that is included in the report. Mm-hmm. So the first study really looked at traffic stops. So a cop sees you driving on, down the street and pulls you over because you're speeding or any a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. This uh, series of or set of data is... Uh, much more expansive. Anytime an officer stops you for any reason, Mm -hmm. um, inside or outside of a car, um, they have to take down this particular piece of information. Um, And I think that community members, advocates for a long time have been saying that this is their experience. And I think that these numbers really support that that rhetoric. Mm -hmm. And let's go back a little bit to the SDSU study that was done several years ago. What were the forces that um, caused uh, the police department to commission the study in the first place? Yeah, I mean, I think that there was a lot of there was a lot of people who felt that the department had discriminatory practices. I think that they felt there was racial bias within policing. And 
many cities across the country are grappling with that topic. Mm-hmm. And I think that the the study was seen as a way of of verifying whether or not that was actually happening. I mean, it should be noted that at the end of that study, the researchers themselves said that uh, there wasn't any way to determine whether the findings were the result of discriminatory practices. But I think for many people, it was very validating. It was validating to see um, that the disparity that many people of color experience within their lives was being kind of mirrored in these numbers. And this study uh, does that on an even grander scale. Mm-hmm. And uh, are there any uh, parts of the study that you have concerns with or questions you ask the people that wrote the study? Because kind of no matter how you slice or dice this, there's always kind of extraneous questions that appear. Uh, um, yeah, I will, will say the short answer is yes. Uh, we do have some questions about um, some of the some of the data. Uh, you know, some of the difficulties with studies and just in taking a look, a closer look at them is, you know, it's not our in-house data. So mm-hmm. what we're working on right now is kind of trying to take a close look at the hard numbers behind these percentages. Uh, the report was also presented in a way um, that kind of makes it difficult to ascertain what some of the numbers are behind these findings. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, uh, I don't, you know, I don't have concerns that the findings in and of themselves mm-hmm. uh, are way off base. Um, you know, this is something that the police department, by the way, has already commissioned an outside organization to take a look at this data. So mm-hmm. we're going to be seeing this story again in four months yeah. um, once that once those findings come out. And so I do think it'll be interesting to kind of see how those results compare to what we're looking at, uh, what we're looking at today. Mm-hmm. And given that um, racial disparities within policing has been part of the national conversation for several years and something that the police department has been looking at for a while. What are some of the things that the department is doing to try to rectify that balance? What actual steps have they taken to ensure that this disparity doesn't occur? Sure. Uh, when we were speaking to the San Diego Police Department yesterday, um, they did point out that uh, some of the recommendations that the ACLU uh, presented sort of at the end of this report uh, are things that the department has already been working on. Uh, for example, um, you know, the ACLU asked the department to um, change the language of its de-escalation policy. And that's mm-hmm. something that the department is taking a close look at um, and has put in has invested training resources into ensuring that de-escalation is uh, kind of a primary response of officers who are working in the field. Um, that being said, uh, I do depend. I, th- I do think that that depends on who you ask, because I think that a lot of community members feel like not enough is being done, mm-hmm. and and I think the reason why I think what many have stated that they hope is that the department, at the very least, could acknowledge that bias may be resulting in this disparity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for a lot of people, um, they feel like that is the first the first step is recognizing that, yes, it's possible that there are there are biases at play here that are resulting in disparate treatment of uh, different people across San Diego. And uh, besides um, black individuals, are there any other groups that have been targeted more frequently based off of this data? Yes. So uh, in addition to kind of the disparate treatment of uh, the black population, the report also found that uh, people who are thought to be members of the LGBTQ community 
and people thought to have disabilities were uh, searched at higher rates than their non-LGBTQ and non-disabled counterparts. Um, There was also uh, data that suggested that uh, the Latino population was more likely to be uh, searched during um, something called consent searches Mm -hmm. when a police officer asks if he can search for you or search through your your vehicle. So um, after having this study commissioned, I imagine it's somewhat awkward for the police department to kind of look at it and having a report saying, hey, you might be racist. But what is their response to this report? Yeah, so both departments, so the the report commissioned takes a look at the San Diego Police Department and the San Diego County Sheriff's Department, the two biggest departments in the county. Uh, both departments pushed back basically immediately. Um, uh, The San Diego Police Department had a number of points to make. Um, I think uh, one of the things that stood out to them is that the areas in the city that saw the most uh, the most disparate stops where, Mm -hmm. you know, the black population was being stopped at uh, a rate that was extreme, extremely high compared to their population. Um, the police department pointed out that many of those areas are actually along homeless thoroughfares. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things we know about the population, uh, uh, the homeless population here in San Diego, is that it is uh, 28% black. Um, and so there are some sus- some suspicions that maybe that was fueling the numbers. Um, generally, though, uh, the San Diego Police Department really felt like this report unfairly painted its officers as racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's what they thought the the report was suggesting, and they didn't feel like that was fair. Um, they also felt like the report uh, didn't do a very good job at educating people on kind of the intricacies of RIPA data. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, just this the data that's required by the state um, to collect in these stops. Um, and there are a lot of ins and outs here um, that really weren't in the report. Um, and so I think that they felt like that was a disservice. And the sheriff's department uh, hadn't had time to review mm-hmm. the findings um, as of yesterday. That being said, they did say it at a glance. They felt like the numbers that were presented in the report don't match their in-house numbers. Interesting. Um, yeah. So we're waiting to hear back from them. Hopefully we will. Um, for another story that we're doing on this report for the weekend. And for the stakeholders that were um, part of this report, what are some of the recommendations that they had? Yeah, they so they actually provided a number of recommendations, 10 for the San Diego Police Department and 12 for the Sheriff's Department. Uh, and the idea, right, was for these recommendations to assist both agencies in kind of reducing the disparities that were seen mm-hmm. in the report. Um, so some of the suggestions include uh, writing policies that require officers to use de-escalation prior to force when possible. Um, right now, um, the San Diego Police Department's policy is a little bit more lenient than that. Um, it talks about expanding programs that can be used, some diversionary programs to be used in um, instead of uh, arresting for low-level offenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it talked about banning certain uses of force, um, banning shooting at vehicles, which is mm-hmm. something that a number of uh, police research organizations have suggested. It also suggested banning um, the carotid restraint, which is something yep. that has created a lot of controversy here, especially in San Diego. Um, and we'll see. You know, I think I think when I was speaking with the San Diego Police Department, um, they weren't pleased with the report, mm-hmm. but they didn't they didn't dismiss the notion that they that they would be willing to sit down with mm-hmm. advocates to talk about some of this. So, you know, I think that 
grandly, we all hope that these sorts of reports um, are conversation starters. Mm -hmm. And certainly nowadays with Black Lives Matter and officer-involved shootings, you can't ignore the fact that it is something that's happening nationwide, and at least the police department is willing to start a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, I think we've seen time and again that real change um, is generally something that's created within your community. Mm-hmm. And if if this city is going to um, is going to create change, then we are going to need to do it together. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, you have some personal news that I feel like you should share to our listeners. What I, just happened to you? I do. Uh, I was just informed that I got a job. I will be joining the uh, Union Tribune's investigations team. Congratulations, Lindsay. Thank you very much. In other police news, a man who fatally attacked someone in the Midway District Thanksgiving morning has been arrested. Forrest Robert Brantley was a parolee who had served seven prior prison terms and was found Wednesday morning in Ventura. He will likely be extradited to San Diego County. His most recent prison stint came in 2016 when Ventura police said he broke into the gift shop of the Spanish mission founded by Friar Junipero Serra, took two crucifixes, and used them to attack people in a pre-dawn rampage on a city street. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union Tribune. You can also get the Flash Briefing as a podcast. For our full listing of audio offerings, go to uniontrip.com slash podcasts. Until next time.